episode 29. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. And today, let's travel west, out to Denver, Colorado, with this amazing singer-songwriter, wonderful young lady, Katie Laurel, knows how to write a song, and where do you hear her sing? So strap up your seatbelts, and let's go for a ride. So delighted today to have Katie Laurel with me on Dharmic Evolution, and um, you know, I, I came across Katie's music on Reverb Nation, and man, I was kind of blown away. And um, it was probably about, um, I'm going to say about a month or two ago, but she was very busy, a very busy artist. So we finally got the interview today, and Katie, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. I am glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Yeah, awesome. So um, I want to start with, uh, if I may, the hippie journey, your parents. So uh, <laughs> I just love that. I was reading that in your bio. I said, this is so cool. She was born into a house of music, if you will, on the road. So can you can you start off the story with that? Sure, of course. Okay. So my journey began in Middlebury, Vermont, where I was born, Um and I think my folks only lived there for a very short time, and I've never been back. That was kind of the story of my childhood, was a lot of traveling and a lot of interesting sort of mobile types of work situations. Um, several Volkswagen buses were part of the story. <laughs> um, but my mom was from northeast, uh, the Northeast, so she actually grew up in Delaware Water Gap, which is right across the, the Delaware River from Jersey, right. where you're at. Uh-huh. Um, and then my my biological father grew up down in the Appalachian Mountains. So I had, you know, uh, mountain dulcimer playing and my mom was playing some guitar, but they weren't really working musicians. They just played for fun when they weren't busy. Um, And then we ended up in a little coal town in northwestern Colorado on some of our travels. And uh, long story short, I also have, have a wonderful stepfather now who is from Colorado and um, that's kind of where my journey sort of sort of shifted directions. And I grew up on a ranch in, in rural northwestern Colorado from the time I was four. So I had not only the footloose, like, Volkswagen bus hangover into the 80s thing with my parents. Right. I also then got to have the childhood of growing up on a, a beautiful ranch and, you know, playing with horses. And uh, basically, my brother was, was my playmate and best friend because there was no one else around for miles so we built tree forts and you know I did a lot of reading and art because that's what you do when you live in the middle of nowhere yeah so so whereabouts in Colorado so it's it was just next to the flat tops wilderness area which is far northwest Colorado okay um, it's basically uh, it's probably a, an hour or so as the crow flies from the from the Wyoming border Oh, so it's nice. way up in the Rockies, um, yeah. ne- not not too far from Steamboat Springs. That was the closest town that people would recognize. It's a ski resort. So can you describe for the folks who are like city dwellers, suburbanites, just very briefly, what's it like to live out there amongst all that beauty? I think it's amazing. And when you're a kid, you don't know anything different, of course, but you just... You have deer in your front yard. You wake up seeing 
beautiful forests and mountain views and it depends on where you're at but the air is so clean and there's spring water to drink and it's lovely I mean I live in the suburbs now so I know a little bit of both both worlds you kind of you live where you need to live to do what you're doing but it was an amazing place to grow up and I definitely I would be lying if I if I didn't say that I wanted to get back to the mountains someday. <laughs> so do you, so you do you visit do you visit often? Are you like really far removed? Are you still in the state of I, Colorado? Yes, I am. So okay. I live on the Front Range, um, south of Denver, uh-huh. and my folks still live in a small town. It's a coal town, or I guess yeah, it's still a coal town. Some of the mines have closed, but there's still some coal industry there, and um, I still get up there to see them as often as I can. They're just a few hours away. Right. So we'll go and we'll go and spend the week fishing and hiking and you know doing all those great things that my folks are still very very involved in. Right. And so this is a perfect time. I want to play a little bit of this for uh, the people listening in to give them a flavor of what Katie's music's all about. And it, this I think this is very poignant and perfect to put the optimist on. Can I play some of that for them? Of course. Oh, okay. I, I really like, like yeah, I like this song <laughs> a lot. So what to do and when to change our minds broken hearts and nothing more than false stars we never should have gone this far it happened all the time these days I say everything I need is everywhere in I, I, you know, I try to be honest. I know, sometimes I, I the feel it. Sometimes sad and sometimes they're happy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that, that's life, right? That's right. That's awesome. I love that track. That's really great. So, The Optimist, is that you in perpetuity? Is that your life? I do believe that is the case. I, you know, we all have some dark times. And as you know, there's a song on the record called Dark Days that talks about that. But right. um, I think overall, my vision is an underlying hopefulness. There is always a thread of hope running through whatever it is that I'm going through or whatever it is I'm writing. And I think that's, that's due in large part to my faith in God and that everything does work out in life. It's, (laughs) it's an idealist interviewing an idealist. There's too few of us. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, can you tell us about, um, 
your roots a little bit as far as artists, like growing up, like when you, you know, you said you were out kind of in the mountains all alone, but at some point you started to connect with the radio or what have you. And who are the big inspirations in Katie's life? Oh, yeah, musically. So I'll kind of like hit the high points here because there's obviously a lot of artists along the way that have inspired me. Right. Um, When I was young, my my folks obviously listened to a lot of records. They're still listening to records. Um, and at that time, it was it was a lot of bluegrass, and it was classic rock. So we had Fleetwood Mac on the record player. We had um, Doc Watson. We had, let's see, who else? Even, even Tom Petty. Like, so it was, there were some newer influences, like people that were making music in the 80s, and then there were older influences right. that my folks were listening to. Emmylou Harris was one of them. Um, probably Joan Baez. There, there were just a lot of different folk singers, bluegrass singers, and classic rock acts of the time on the on the record player. However, my peer group, of course, started influencing me a little bit once I was in school. So uh, the pop side started to come in with with people like, oh, let's see, Janet Jackson, because the PE teacher was playing Janet Jackson in class. Nice. Um, okay. Debbie Debbie Gibson was a big one, believe it or not. Yeah. And. The, a couple girlfriends of mine and I had what was called the Debbie, De- Debbie Gibson Club at school. It just meant we were <laughs> fans. And we listened to their tapes, you know, right. cassette tapes. And there were only three of us in the club, but um, we, <laughs> we had the Debbie Gibson fan club. And then Paula Abdul was actually the first cassette I bought for myself. So I was obviously listening to or was interested in pop music from an early age. Right. Um, but, but yeah, at the same time, now that I've grown older i definitely appreciate all those roots influences even more and i love a lot of the music i listen to now is more roots um so later on you know road road trips in the car i always i would always want to listen to tom petty and the heartbreakers full moon fever which was a cassette tape that we had cassettes by then in the car and um then another one that became a huge influence for me was stevie nicks solo Work. Oh man! So those those were most of the the early influences. Great. Now fast great forward stuff. into high school, and the and alternative radio became a thing, and so I was listening to a lot of the '90s bands at the time, um, including you know Bush and I'm trying to think Counting Crows. All those kind of bands were big in the '90s on the t- alternative radio. Jars of Clay was also a crossover oh, Christian yeah. act that I was listening to. And then at some point in high school, I also started listening to a lot of Christian rock music because that was part of the culture I was involved with, with youth group and the, and the small church. So that would have been bands like, I didn't get into Switchfoot until later, so it would have been more like Jars of Clay, Rebecca St. James, Newsboys, OC Supertones. So I'm just giving you such a brief overview of my history as an artist and how I was influenced. I love all but, that stuff. Yeah, and then it's, and then in college, so the next big phase for me was college and being introduced by my peers, all the stuff they were listening to. So it was Ben Folds Five, and a band called Over the Rhine out of Cincinnati, Ohio, which is still one of my favorites. Um, Sixpence on the Richer, and oh, I forgot to mention Cake from high school. That was a big one. Oh yeah, Cake. Um, it's funny because not most people would listen to my music and be like, I don't hear any of that stuff, you know. But yeah. it's all it all adds up to who we are and what we do. And then there was also a period of Natalie Merchant and the Dixie Chicks and Sarah McLaughlin. So you've got such a wide range of influences. At the time, I was studying classical music, so you had that whole set of influences. But there, that that kind of gives you the the whole overview. Gee, it's sad that you didn't have any influence in your life. Uh, None. (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> but your music is very evolved. And, um, and uh, to say that it came from, you know, just pop, um, it, what I hear is just, I hear like all the eclectic, you know, background that you describe, but you kind of channeled it into your own brand. It sounds really very unique and, uh, and it's really beautiful. I mean, I really like what you're doing. Hey, um, I wanted to mention, Katie, just to let everybody know about, like, you're a committed songwriter. It's so obvious. Like, you've, you, I just want to mention the um, festivals and song contest things that you have been involved with. And some of you folks, a lot of musicians listen to this show, but Walnut Valley, Valley uh, Tucson Folk Festival, Great American Song, International Songwriting Competition, Nine West Voice of Vintage America, Texaco Country Showdown, Southwest Regional Final. I mean, you're like either a winner or you've been in the top whatever, you know, up at the you know, the cream rises to the top, they say. So Thank obviously you. you're doing something uh, that really resonates with people and people are enjoying. So uh, to that end, I got to play another track here. I'm going to play Hurricane a little bit here for everybody. So for awesome. some po- folks, this is Katie Laurel with Hurricane. Is your inspiration or what uh, oh on this song <laughs> no just in general i mean in general where do you collect your inspiration from uh i think life is my greatest inspiration okay i know that sounds cliche but it's the experiences that happen to you and the way that you see that see the experience or the way you feel things right i find music to be sort of therapeutic and i i use it as a, a medium to write about these thoughts and experiences and and kind of capture that honesty it's Um, such a great healer isn't it 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 is absolutely it's it's like a journal only better yeah 
Yeah, I find that if I'm having something heavy, it doesn't matter because when you, it, like when you write a, a good song or you finish the process of writing, it's, it's never been any different but just glorious bliss. It's like, wow, I just never get sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I remember a poster on the wall in high school, my high school English class that had a picture of Garfield and it said, um, it's so great when you write something you know is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you about, like, Durango. Um, have you ever been to the Durango Songwriting Festival? I've been. Actually, it's funny you ask. I've been very involved with that for the past five years, um, actually on a, an administrative side as well. Oh, no kidding. So I, I have been what they call one of the coordinators who does a lot of the volunteer work that kind of holds the thing together. Of course, Jim Atterbury is the main guy. And yeah. That, it would, it would not happen without him because he's connected to everybody and he pulls the whole thing together. But I've, I've helped Jim out quite a bit for the past five years. And I don't think there's a better songwriting conference out there and an opportunity to not only get feedback on your songs and grow as a writer, but to also get them heard by the industry. And right. I would definitely attribute Durango with a lot of basically the success that I've had in learning how to navigate the business. Uh, well, and also to just to grow as a songwriter. My songwriting has grown immensely since I started attending the conference. That's fantastic. I went, um, I probably just missed you because I went twice. And the first time I went, it was, the I think, the last time they held it in Durango itself. And then they moved it up to, I think it was Denver. Yeah, um, we have it. It's near Boulder now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I went there too. And I took my son, actually, the second time I went. But both times, I met Jeffrey Steele and Big Al and Chuck mm -hmm. Cannon. And I was just like, I was just blown away by the amount of... Uh, amazing songwriting talent that was in the room and and those are just the three that I remember but there's there's so many as you know and what struck me about it was how small it was which was great because I've been oh, to bigger conferences yeah and, it's still that way yeah so uh, I think I'm I think I'm going back so so you're you're a part of that group now that's wonderful what a what a nice surprise that is yeah, well, you should come back. Yeah. Did you know? I, did you know? Here's a, here's something you might not know, that Megan Trainer was actually signed through Durango. No, I did yep. not know this. That no. all happened. She got signed to Big Yellow Dog Publishing through someone hearing her from the publishing company, and then that of course led to her epic record deal. Wow! Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, um. Let's see. I want to know, like, who do you like to listen to? Like when you're when you're just like having some downtime, because it seems like you um, it seems like you work pretty hard at your business and your and your craft and your artistry. Uh, when you take some downtime, what do you like to listen to? And I want to preface this by saying I ask this question a lot because I have this weird habit and I've always had this. Like, I'll be riding in my car and I'll pull up to a traffic light and somebody's music would be really loud next to me. I got to turn mine off, roll down the window and say, what are they listening to? <laughs> so it's, it's like it's like your own personal um, It's a hobby. Moment. Yeah, it's like, what is, what is everybody listening to? And maybe that's why I'm on this show. So how about for you? Like, what's your what's your favorite go-to stuff? Of course, it depends on the mood, and for right. me, also the time of year. Um, but I always think of 
I love driving in the car in the fall. And I usually have some record that like emerges as like my fall record of the year. Okay. Um, and some of those in the past have been, uh, De- Dennison Whitmer has some great stuff out. He's actually a, a Philadelphia songwriter. Um, love Amos Lee when driving in the car. Oh, Although yeah. a Philadelphia songwriter. I am totally immersed in this Icelandic artist right now named Oskir. And his last name was Trousty, but he just goes by Oskir, which is like the Icelandic version of Oscar, I think. Oh, can, um, can you spell that? Just so it's, we... It's A-S-G-E-I-R. And he's kind of become... He's becoming quite quite big. But anyway, I love his record. He's a little little bit like Bon Iver. Um, oh, okay. Is that how it's pr- pronounced? Bon Iver? I think so. You know what? I don't know. I know everybody's <laughs> been calling him Bon Iver. And, um, and I, I've shared this before, but just to show how slow I am and be totally transparent parent here, a, a good producer friend of mine about four years ago said, hey, check this out. This is awesome. I'm like, I, I, don't know, I don't understand this. I don't know. Like, but three months later, like, I never turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah no it's, it's amazing. great and yeah i'll tell you what my summer my summer obsession was this year i somehow didn't get around to discovering if that's the word you want to use the weepies until lately uh, okay. with the release of the new records so i went back and bought their whole back catalog and i've been listening to the weepies and deb talon's solo stuff nonstop this summer um just because they're they're so tongue-in-cheek and conversational in their songs and i really really related to that this year Right, and then there, then there's times you just want to put on like Keith Urban or Shania Twain and crank up the crank the sound up if you're like feeling in the mood to just kind of have a small party. Right, um, right. I, I would be remiss if I left out the country side of my influences because there are a lot of country influences in my past too. Yeah, um, so you you've got the eclectic thing going on simply because um, you can feel that through your music. You don't seem like. Um, you know, you're locked in the box. You have to just write this one way or produce this one way. And by the way, your productions are great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, really that's nice. The, that's that's my producers. I I don't have I don't have a production. I have a production mind, but I don't have an engineer uh, an engineer mind. If that right. makes sense. Like I I could sit down and produce things as long as someone else is controlling the controls. I I produced my first three records myself, and they just didn't sound the way that I wanted them to. Yeah. But speaking but speaking of indie artists, uh other indie artists that I really love to listen to are a band out of Austin um called Alpha Rev and a a friend of mine who's in Nashville named Katie Herzig and they've they've both had some really big placements and things like that, but their music is fantastic. Well, I have to check I, gosh, those out. There's so many things I love to listen to. I could just go on and on. Right. Oh, well, and sometimes in my downtime, my husband and I really like to listen to Hawaiian music. Hawaiian it's, music? It's usually not in English. Hawaiian folk music. Do you guys put on the grass to. skirts and the lays when you do it? <laughs> no. No? We just, it's so relaxing. <laughs> it and, is. Uh, actually, ironically, one of the bands we really like, one of the members is from Jersey, believe it or not. No kidding. Um, but it's called Hapa, H-A-P-A, and... I just love their record. We love to put that on when we're driving or hanging out on the porch. That's the band, Hapa. Yep. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's put on I Want to Play This, and this is very poignant because you wrote an album title called Periscope. And Periscope is now the new hottest, you know, social platform. Um, (laughs) So, you know, but your record was out, I think, before Periscope. Um, oh, definitely. I was actually fruition. hoping. I was hoping that I would get some Google like 
trickle over from that, but I don't think it's happened. Oh, no, you're wrong. Because when I get on later today, you are going to be on Periscope. Because with your permission, I'm going to get out there and talk about this show when I do my oh, Periscope please. later today. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Periscope with uh, Katie Laurel. She was the original author. So Twitter, come on, pony up. really good are you um are you steeped in story in all of your approach to your writing i kind of think there's three different um approaches that i have or three different types of songs that i write i write relationship songs i write philosophical songs and i write story songs okay and so i think that obviously relationship songs can sometimes also be a story song but sometimes they're just about emotion um I think that kind of breaks it down. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it's easy to connect to your music because uh, it appeals to me on on so many levels, musically and lyrically and emotionally. You know, you just kind of get in there really. It's very easy to just take the ride, which I like. It's just great. Well, thanks so much. Tell me about about performing live. What's going on with you? Are you doing anything like local clubs or touring? Or can you share with us where we could... Uh, see Katie Laurel live? So right now, I, I pretty much play regionally in Colorado. Okay. There have been times I've done short tours to California and, you know, East Coast in the past. But uh, right now, it's making most sense for me to kind of stay local. Right. And it's it's been fun. I do a lot of summer festivals and summer concert series, some local clubs. 
And honestly, I do a lot of um, kind of what you call ambience gigs, like country clubs and things like that, where I play background shows. And I don't mind doing those because I'm a working musician. Right. It's a good way to make money. And it's also a great way to hone my craft or to work on new songs in an, an unpressured environment. So that way, if I do get called to, say, open for a bigger artist, I can I can get up there and be confident because I've really spent the time, you know. Have you my songs. right? Have you um, had any experience with house concerts? Yes, I actually do house concerts. Oh, okay. And how yeah. how is that experience for you? I love house concerts. Yeah. Okay. Some of, some of my favorite shows have been house concerts because you really get a chance to you know spend time with the people that are coming there. You guys probably eat a meal or some snacks or something together ahead of time. And um, the hosts have been amazing. Every, almost every house concert I've played has resulted in a long-term friendship with the host. That's so awesome. I, I love house concerts. There's yeah. no better way to like have an intimate experience with the audience where they it's really just you and them, and you're in a living room or somebody's space or out in their backyard together, and it's it's a kind of magical little show experience. Yeah, the cool thing is that, you know, when you do those, from my understanding, is, you know, they're there. They want to hear you play. They don't want to be chatting and drinking and, you know, yelling oh, and screaming. I mean, yeah. it's, everybody's like, this is 100% attention on the artist. This is why I came here. They're always a listening audience, which yeah, is great. I think that's great. Um, I just wanted to ask because I'm hearing more and more about it that uh, more, pe more people are doing it, from what I understand, as far as hosting, which is just great because there is so much talent out there that um why wouldn't you if you could mm -hmm. you know have yourself available for that i want to play one more here this is called um if this is okay thanks for loving me because i was drawn by the title and i love the song so this is thanks for loving me That's better. This is how I know the answer. You're the one I've always prayed for. Let's stay this way. Thanks for loving me, loving me. You are all I see. Right in front of me. You're where I want to be, want to be, want to be. 
Thanks for loving me, loving me, loving me. Thanks for loving me, loving me, loving me, loving me, loving me. Thanks for loving me, loving Great song, great song. Really enjoy that. Can you tell me, um, are you reading anything these days that's really got you hooked or anything you could share with us uh, that you're excited about? I read off and on in life, depending on what's going on. And I've, I've been an avid reader for much of my life. Right. I'm trying to think. It seems like this year I have not been reading very many, what do you call, art books. I feel like I've been reading a lot of business and positive thinking kind of books. Um, Those are great. Yeah, read a lot of read a lot of John Maxwell this year, like what is it, your journey to success or something like that. Right. Gosh, I'm I'm trying to draw a blank on what I've been reading. That's okay. There That's a- there occasionally are books that that you can't put down and one of the ones that I recall from the past year, I I really loved one of um Anne Lamott's books. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is yeah. awesome. Um, is it? What is a poem one I have of her? She's she's amazing. Yeah, she's really a, great. I have one or two of hers, and and for a while there, I kept going back to it, you know. And some of those, I think hers was a relatively short read, which I like those the best. <laughs> yeah, I think the book I read was called Traveling Mercies, and it was kind of autobiographical. I found it fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then and then another another bunch of books I'd I'd been reading. Um, oh. Let me just look up the name of the person real fast because I want to share it because they're so good. I read all of her books actually. That she only has a few out. That she has a fascinating story and and her her book was also autobiographical. It's Jeanette Walls. The books were The Glass Castle, um, Half Broke Horses, and then she had a new one out called The Silver Star, which wow, was a these- uh, all sound like right up your alley. Just the titles alone remind me of the pictures on your website. <laughs> yeah, she, so she grew up. She grew up in Appalachia. Oh, okay. Really that, poor, and her parents were very footloose. Um, it, it, so it was it was not similar to my story in that it was a little more tragic the way that things were in her family. Right. right. But there was something that to relate to in that. Um, just fascinating perspective on the family and how the family affects a person growing up. And, and then the half broke horses was actually the story I think of her grandmother. So that she goes back a couple generations and tells a story from her grandmother's point of view. And then the silver star is the first one she has published. That is an, is a novel. So it's, and and what, and her name again is uh, Jeanette walls. Is it W A W A L L S. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll check that out. So tell me, as, we, as we're wrapping up here, Katie, tell me, what, what are you really excited about for the rest of this year as we're, as we're winding down, getting into the second half of uh, 2015? What's got you like really excited about what you're doing, what you're looking forward to? Um, anything you want to share about Katie Laurel, what's happening with you? Yeah, sure. Great. Well, fall is, is usually my quintessential creative time i don't know why it is if it was always a going back to school mentality or something fall kind of revs up my creative juices and maybe it's coming out of the busy summer the more work goes on in the summer right um so in the fall i tend to do a lot of writing this year i may not be doing quite as much because i actually will be releasing my next ep um probably end of september maybe october 
Great. And Do you have a title also, for us? Yeah. It, well, it's a working title right now. It's okay. not 100% official, but it's probably going to be called Daydream. Okay, awesome. Um, and I finished, I, I worked on that. I recorded that in May in L.A. with uh, producer Warren Hewart, who also produced Periscope. And what was it, the producer's name? Warren Hewart. Oh, okay, Hewart, got it. like Stewart with an H. Right. And um, so that that's going to be coming up. So obviously new music is always an exciting time. Always. And in, in conjunction with that, I've been planning for some time now to start work on either a Christmas record or a collection of Christmas EPs that I'll be starting work on this fall and probably for a 2016 release. But that's what I've got coming up. Fantastic. And those are both things that are very exciting for me. That is that is just great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, your EP, your, your Christmas record. And um, I'm looking forward to going back to Durango again. Are they, do they still have it in October? Yes. So it's first, second, and third. And it's at the Omni in Broomfield. So any any other artists that are listening to this, you guys should seriously consider getting involved. It's a it's a fantastic opportunity to grow your music and grow your network. Absolutely, of, uh, business contacts. Yeah, and songwriting contacts. I've met so many writers through there that I've actually co-written with over the last few years. Oh, that's great. That's great. Katie Laurel, thank you so much for being part of the Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time on the show today with you. Really love your music. I wish you all the success in the world, and um, you know. Uh, we won't be strangers. I'm sure I'm going to see you at Durango. And uh, thanks again for being here, Katie. Thank you. So much fun. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Well, I got so caught up in Durango land, I forgot to ask Katie to plug her website. <laughs> hey, it's katielaurel.com. She is at CD Baby. She's at SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter. You can find her music everywhere. So I encourage you to do so. And uh, all the links can be found in the show notes. Just click on my logo if you're on your iPhone or Android, and it'll take you right to show notes, and all the links are there. I appreciate you guys selecting this show, The Dharmic Evolution, where all the best talent happens. So until the next time, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.